0: coming up on the matt townsend show could you see your child one day becoming a ceo of a gigantic company if so what do you think is the most important skill he or she would need to succeed hmm well if you talk to our guest that's coming up she would say it's becoming emotionally intelligent we're talking emotional intelligence up next on the matt townsend show This is Sam McCall
1: for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. North Korea has once again sparked international condemnation after their own state-run media confirmed the government conducted its third nuclear weapons test today. President Obama called the test, quote, highly provocative. The Vatican released a statement today explaining Pope Benedict underwent secret heart surgery about three months ago to replace a peacemaker. The procedure, despite its success, apparently had a lot to do with the Pope's decision to step down. A Syrian regime airbase near Aleppo has fallen under rebel control, marking another major military setback for President Bashir Assad. Regime forces have been facing increasingly intensifying attacks as opposition forces continue to gain strength. Here in the U.S., President Obama is preparing for the State of the Union address tonight. Many expect the speech to focus on the economy, gun control, and health care reform issues. The president is also going to lay out plans to bring 34,000 troops home within the year. The hacking group Anonymous is not interested in hearing what President Obama has to say tonight. They have vowed to take down all online streaming sources of tonight's State of the Union address. Ex-LAPD officer Chris Dorner was reportedly engaged in a firefight with police today near the San Bernardino area after he allegedly burglarized a home and stole a vehicle. It's still unclear if the rampaging fugitive is in police custody. Financial news, the U.S. posted a $3 billion surprise surplus for the January budget, the first national surplus in over five years. Experts think it's likely due to increased revenues following the payroll tax cut expiring. And the International Olympic Committee has announced that wrestling will no longer be an Olympic sport as of the 2020 Summer Games. The last summer sport to be dropped were baseball and softball in 2006. That's the news now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your coach for life. We're here to get you through this crazy thing we call life. And have you ever wondered why those people around you are so messed up? Well, if so, today we may have an answer. Uh, Emotional intelligence. Do you feel like you got a pretty good handle on your emotional self? Do you feel like you can read people pretty well? Hmm. Are you a good uh, card player because you can see if they're bluffing or not? Like, as I look at Skyboy in the eye right here, as he looks right across the board at me, I can see he didn't shave today. And he got in a lot of trouble at the gym. <laughs> anyway. Uh, is that true, Skyboy? That's true. See, I'm reading you like a book. I told you, though, before the show, so. Oh, yeah, I but think I think it listened. makes it easier to read, no, me hold if I on, tell hold you what I did. You did. It makes it easier if I listened. But I also listened, which would probably be a part of emotional intelligence, the social skills. Touche. Hmm? Touche. So, uh, on the show today we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence. Now, we can't all have all of the intelligences. You know, there's some people that are spiritually intelligent. They just they they feel the spirit really well. There's some people that are physically intelligent. That would probably be me. Hello. <laughs> Um, that there's some people that are socially intelligent. They know how to like put together a good party. They know who to invite. They get it. They, they do that. Well, there might be some that are spatially intelligent. I have a brother-in-law that, um, when I moved, I knew where I wanted him to help me move. Okay. I didn't want his brawn. I didn't need his muscles. I just needed somebody to load the truck because I wanted everything loaded in one trip. And this guy is like a landscape architect kind of guy, landscaper, understands, how to get the most out of very little. And you know what? He wasted no space in that truck because he has spatial intelligence. Usually these people are decorators. Um, but anyway, we all have different levels of intelligence. Today, we're going to talk about one specific kind that might be causing you some trouble in your relationships. It's called emotional intelligence. And we've got a great guest coming up today to uh, to talk about that. So we'll we'll be getting to that a little bit later. But before we do... We like to do this fun thing that I call Human Headlines. Real news that affects real people. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Human Headlines. Hello. Welcome back to the Human Headlines. We're playing with the microphones here. Anyway, um, we're going to do the headlines. And headlines, if you remember, the good, the bad, the ugly. This is what we find out about humans that you might not normally hear in the news. So these are stories that are a little bit off of the the traditional news radar. So who wants to go first with our human headlines? You
2: have a big pile of cash. What would you do with it? Well,
0: I would bury it. What else would you do with a pile of cash? I'd put it under my pillow. You could (laughs) swim in it.
2: That'd be quite quite huge, actually, because if you uh, stack this organization's pile of cash, Ooh. they say it would be 38 times higher than the orbit of the International Space Station. Well, it's a lot of cash. That is a lot of cash. I assume what is that's the uh, stacking $1 bills. It's Apple. Oh. They've done so well, and they don't generally pay dividends, that they are sitting on over $130 billion in cash. Are you kidding me? And that would go how far? Uh, Ninety-three hundred miles high if you stack $1 on top of that. Oh, my heavens.
0: Okay, so I'm going to change my answer. What I would do if I had some of Apple's money is I would hire someone from Apple to help me run my MacBook because I can't even pull up a PowerPoint but I could when I used a PC. That's what I would do with Apple's
2: money. You could hire three full-time guys.
0: To run my – One m- who
2: works mornings, mm-hmm. one who works afternoons,
0: one who works nights just yeah. in case you Overnighter. Need use the computer at night. Sure. And even if I didn't, then they could just sync my stuff. Somebody – oh, you know what else I'd have them do? I'd have them help me set up my iTunes so that every time I want to download something to my uh, iPhone, it wouldn't erase everything that's on the iPhone. No, a lot of you out there think that's easy to do. Well, you're wrong. Cuz I've tried for 3 years. Don't tell me I don't know what I'm doing. I've tried everything except the right thing. That's why I would pay <laughs> Apple engineers. Hey, what did Thomas Edison
3: say? I haven't found 300 failures. I found 300 ways the light bulb doesn't work. I don't know what he said. But yeah. the point
0: is, when you mess up, it's not a
3: big deal. No. Except it's totally frustrating and it's annoying. Yeah.
0: And I don't and I don't like iTunes. That's why you do the
2: Windows approach, like me. How do you organize your music in Windows? You put a folder on your desktop and dump all your music in there. see. And then when you want to take it on the go, you just copy
0: it onto a thumb drive and take it with you. But you know what? Let's just admit, that's not as cool as having devices you can't use. Hmm? You got us there. You You with me? I got, yeah. I mean, it seems like that would be silly. It does seem that way, and it would actually—it actually feels like that a lot of times. Until you look really cool when you pull out your tool, your device, and then someone says, "Hey, can I get your number, or can you get and can I give you my number?" And I'm like, "No, it, sorry, doesn't work." Actually, that takes way too much. Does to get that really make a
2: difference? Somebody whips out a really nice iPod. Oh, yeah. or iPhone. Did you not know that? As opposed to, I have a car stereo that plays MP3s, and I have this jump drive. It's an old flash drive that fell apart. So the chips exposed and everything and then just plug that in my car and,
0: yeah, that's and not my good. music. No, that's not good. It's better to have a device you can't use. Okay. Who agrees with me? I uh I, I definitely I don't, don't. But I appreciate the. I thought. Definitely don't. None of you do. Skyboy, do you? Uh, you weren't even listening, were you?
4: <laughs> I was listening. I don't think I have a, a really strong opinion on this one. Okay. I don't think I've had the same problems you've had, so I can't relate. Do you have a MacBook Pro? I do.
0: Do you know how to use it? Nobody I, knows the Mac troubles he's seen. <laughs> I like, I really do love it. It's just, I don't know how to use it. Okay. That's Nobody all I knows his sorrow. <sighs> anyway, oh, that's good news. So at least they're rich. That's good. What about the rest of us? Any other human headlines? Matt, I have bad news. Worse news than the last story? Well, this isn't going very well. The
3: me, zombie right? apocalypse has started oh, in, no! in Marquette, Michigan. Have you been getting ready? Uh no. Matt about 2 uh no, 3 years ago, I bought the Zombie Survival Guide. Okay. So, read
0: it. Great read. Doesn't it involve something like a um a screwdriver into the skull? Um I'm sure that's an option, but Survival, okay. it's, it's a
3: comprehensive survival guide. Oh, so what, it's everything. It's what, not just how to kill Where to live, okay. what to buy, what to do, what not to I do. I watched
0: my first zombie show ever the other day. Not the whole show. I watched six minutes of it. Yeah. And um, so I, apparently there's already footage of zombies because I've, I've seen zombies walking all over.
3: Yeah. You there know what they, they walk
0: it. like? They shamble. Zombies. Yeah. So they're taking over Marquette?
3: Uh, yes. Well, okay. It's got a college town. I don't know. <laughs> um I am actually kind of lying. Oh. I just kind of set you up. So you're oh. actually fine. There's no okay. zombie apocalypse. Oh, okay. But uh someone pulled a prank <whistles> on Good. their their a- ABC affiliate and PBS okay. affiliate. I don't know. Bunch of bunch of TV channels in Marquette, Michigan. Someone hacked in there yeah. and put up in their emergency what is it? Response system.
2: Emergency alert system. alert yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. That
0: zombies have been spotted. <laughs> yes, that, oh, Now there's Oh, that's cool.
2: What's scary too is uh, the way the EAS work is. It's like a daisy chain. Yeah. So if you have a hack a really big TV station in Utah, it'd be KSL. It daisy chains out to smaller stations.
0: So that could go down the line. You could to... have
2: twenty five stations in on wow. the prank.
0: See, that takes some ingenuity, right there. Right. And t- think about the poor people that were like. Eh. They're watching the alert, and it's about zombies taking over. I I would have been concerned, but but you know what? These these kind of hoaxes happen every
3: now and then. I remember the first one that happened, or the first one that I remember happening. Someone else heard about it, and it kind of what they said about it was, well, when it started, I really wanted to go and check it out because you know, for a minute, there was magic in the world.
0: (laughs) Magic. The zombies are. It back. used
2: to be they'd hack the highway billboards. The, oh the, yeah, the uh, message boards above the freeway. It seemed like I. But, oh I, I yeah. Saw somebody about five years ago. See the had zombie done that. thing. I don't get. You know, I don't get it.
0: I. Don't, I get the vampire thing because vampires are kind of dark. You know, a little gothic. They're kind of. But a zombie. I mean, they look horrible. It's a weird fad.
3: I'm over it. I'm over the zombie fad. Were you
0: in it? Yeah. Now, what actually got you in the zombie fad? Because yeah. it seems like a really big jump. Um, it just
3: It's just out there, and it's in everything. And, you know, it's kind of fun. It's fun to explore, you know, the possibilities that everything could go horribly, horribly wrong. I don't know. It's kind of morbid now yeah. that
0: I say it. Anyway, but now
3: it's... I'm kind of sick of it. Oh, oh,
0: wow. How long did it take you to actually get out of the morbid zombie state? Too long, Matt. Too long. <sighs> Have you ever heard of that... Um cat that is that you can watch Garfield? no, no the, the cat that's on um, YouTube and you can watch it and it's a cat with a pop tart oh um, what's it called? the neon cat or, oh what's it called? Cat tart, we call it here.
2: What was its real name? It's nyan Cat. Nyon cat because it was it originally Japanese yeah. or Korean and the way they spelled the sound the little song, it's
5: nyon nyan 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 okay. nyan.
2: They spelled that N-Y-A-N. See personally, nyan
0: I'd rather do cat tart and watch cat tart than a zombie show. I mean pick your poison? hmm Yeah? Well, I wonder what would happen if you fed a cat tart to a zombie. Zombie. Anyway, it's just cat something to tart. think about. Uh yeah, the zombie thing I haven't gotten into. Who's got another news story? So we're we're kind of... Um, th- it's fairly like off topic. Are, are, yes, Well, we it are. seems like we're very deep in the barrel of stories from human headlines.
6: Okay, well... Um, oh, good. Jess I, will pull us out you. of this. I don't know. Actually, we're going to talk about hate. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but it's more emotional than the other two. Okay, this
0: is emotional hate, um, which is our topic. Okay,
6: today. I guess first I should ask, how do you feel about bicyclists? Hate them. Great.
0: No, I don't. So do I. <laughs> I really don't. But is that yeah. where we're going?
6: Yeah, that's where we're going with this. Um, I, People don't like
0: bicyclists? Like little kids? On the side the road, on, oh, no. You're like the ones in that the are tight are clothes
6: with the bottle. Driving like they're a car in the middle of the road.
3: I think the technical term is cyclist.
0: Yeah, the bicyclist makes think... it sound like a kid. Cyclist.
6: Okay, a cyclist.
0: Like Lance Armstrong.
6: You can't miss them, and if you do, then you'll hit them. So we're talking about them today.
0: Just and, these innocent people riding their bicycle, their cycles. I don't know where to put them. Okay, that's good.
6: Anyways, so I'm sure I'm not alone on this. You obviously don't have a problem with cyclists. I love cyclists. <laughs> I do not like them because they're in my way. Anyways, turns out I'm not the only one who thinks this. A lot of people do not like cyclists. But really? It turns out it's more than just road rage that they're in your way. It's a social emotional problem
0: like that who? we have. The people that don't like cyclists? Yeah. So there's a, so there's research saying if you are anti-cycling cyclist, yeah. you might there's have a a, and a, you might have an emotional issue.
6: <laughs> I don't know if it's an issue. It's just a human it's a human thing that we do. It's called Let's hear it. altruistic punishment.
0: Oh. Yeah. So we try to we okay, keep going.
6: Okay, so what that is is it's when you feel cheated? It's like when someone gets something good yes. and you don't. Yes, it makes you mad. Yeah, and that's what that's what these scientists, uh, what, what are they getting? So, so, if a
0: bicyclist or a cyclist gets my space on the road, I feel mad.
6: Yeah, and they say it's it's because um, they're not obeying the the legal what we feel is moral legal right. Requirements like that's for the somebody road.
0: butting in line. Yeah. You don't butt in line. And then slowing makes you mad. down
6: and making you go around them. Uh-huh. There's, it's, it's all over the place. It's called <laughs>
0: altruistic what?
6: Altruistic punishment.
0: I've got that. Yeah.
6: Yep. I think a lot of people do.
0: Like I get mad when Skyboy takes a nap during the show. That... Because like I don't deserve a nap. I'm sitting here talking and he's just napping away. I nap when I can. And,
4: and sometimes <sighs> Matt, you just put me to sleep. It's not my fault. You should be a little bit more exciting. Mm. I'm just just kidding. (laughs) Wow. Did you you all feel
0: that? (laughs) Did you feel that? Because I felt something. I'm just trying to bring out your emotions.
3: That was a little bit of altruistic punishment
0: if I've ever seen it. This is is one thing we're going to talk about today (laughs) is because if I didn't have emotional intelligence, I'd be over that board right there just gnawing on your neck. Popping you, your head off
4: you uh, you threaten me with me that you threaten me with that a lot and I don't. see what that's hasn't happened yet. see what I
0: have emotional intelligence, which means i can, i don't have to react like a dog who's been had their tail stepped on i don't have to I'm bigger than that. I can get you later when no <laughs> one's looking well, that didn't sound right
6: sounds like zombies <laughs> back
0: to the zombies thing
2: well the, part of the problem with emotional intelligence is you have to try to gauge how other people on the team are feeling. And yeah. if you tell they're having a bad day, be able to go, oh, you having a good day? Problem, Matt, is you come in every day and you could be
0: having the worst day in the world and you'll yeah. walk in, hey gang, how's it going? Yeah, you don't know that I just hit a bicyclist. I know. You don't even know that. But I could have been having a bad day and I just fake it.
2: And then we can't be emotionally intelligent and be like, what's wrong? You having That's a
0: good true. day? Usually we don't even talk, right? I mean, usually I just come in None of us talk. We just look at each other. And then Skyboy never shows up. You know what I mean?
6: And if he is here, he's asleep.
0: (laughs) But we love you, Skyboy. I don't know where all this is coming from. It's our emotions coming out. We're talking about emotional intelligence today. Who has ever heard about emotional intelligence? Raise your hand. I'm talking to them. Okay, emotional intelligence is a bunch of stuff, and we've got a great guest today. Susan Zabriskie is going to come and talk to us. She's a certified emotional intelligence consultant and coach. She's going to walk us through this thing they call emotional intelligence. Apparently, it is not being wealthy that makes you happy. Apparently, it's not being the smartest person in the room. Apparently, the healthiest, happiest, longest living, most effective, most friends, healthiest family, Those are people that possess emotional intelligence. Do you possess it? Do you have the ability to feel anger or feelings of frustration? And do you have the ability to recognize those feelings and turn them into something healthier in your life? Do you have the ability to read the emotions of others? Do you have the ability to enroll people into your emotion? That's what we're talking about today on the Matt Townsend Show. Would love your questions, your insights. I'd love to hear where you have experienced emotional intelligence in your life. Give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, and I will give you a copy of my book, Starved Stuff, Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships, for anybody that gets on the air today. You are listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
7: I spy with my computer-tracked eyes how this technology will change lives for everyone.
8: This is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
7: Touchscreens were a breakthrough in computer interactivity, but we've seen the next step, and it's seen us too. They call it gaze interaction, which is a fancy name for tracking your eyes to determine what you're looking at and letting the direction and intensity of that gazing drive a computer mouse. The camera is built into the computer display, or in an attachment you add to the screen. Using algorithms that track the very fleeting movements of your eyes, and timing how long you look, as well as how wide your eyes get, the Gaze Tracker does a credible job of going where you think you want it to go. Many users claim it's such an intuitive way to drive a computer, it feels a lot like telepathy. One company uses a modified arcade game of asteroids to promote gaze control. Everything on the screen is eye-driven and surprisingly controllable. Applications for cars are in development to let you activate controls without taking your eye off the road and to warn that you might be dozing off at the wheel. That trick alone could save 250,000 drivers a year in America. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
8: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
7: BYU Radio's Highway 89 features unedited performances from talented musicians with genres from rock to classical and everything in between. Highway 89 can take you on a musical journey all from the performance studio at the heart of BYU Radio. Join us for this mixtape adventure with Highway 89 Monday through Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Little Whitney Houston. So emotional, baby. We're talking emotional intelligence. Do you feel like you have a pretty good handle on your emotions? Do you feel like you have a clue uh, how to tone them down when you feel them getting a little bit too high? Do you notice uh, when other people's emotions are coming in and out of play? Do you know how to recognize somebody that's really hurting? And um, if so... Do you know how to manage those emotions and manage them in others? That's called emotional intelligence. That's the topic of today's conversation. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions about emotional intelligence in your life, people in your life that don't know how to manage their emotion, or examples where you personally have been able to control your own emotions to the point that it created some really powerful opportunities, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call. one 855 CHAT-BYU, chat byu and uh, we'll take your calls. Anybody that gets on the air today will get a copy of my book, Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships. Uh, let us do this now. We we did a story. It's been a long time, Rob. Yeah, you
2: remember about a month ago we played the – it was a girl who had been BYU student. She'd gone on a date yeah. with some guy who'd asked her out, and he just was so –
0: He's clueless. I mean, no,
2: no, no. And, Harm intended this guy, but he's quite inept.
0: Yeah, yeah. He lacks what we call emotional intelligence. Right, Skyboy? Yes. And again, I don't know why I keep looking at you like that. But uh, this is a guy that on the date just didn't quite get when he was crossing the line. So this really is, we thought, a perfect example of what, is, what someone looks like or sounds like that lacks emotional intelligence. Intelligence, and when we um, so, so part of what you got to be thinking of is this. So the the book was written. The book is called Emotional Intelligence, written by a guy named Daniel Goleman, I believe, back in like nineteen eighty nine or something, ninety five maybe. But uh, what his basic premise was: forever we thought somebody having a high IQ was the key, right? They have a high IQ, you know they're smart. Everyone back in the 50s, 60s, 70s were taking IQ tests that showed that they were smart and they had everything going for them. Well, what uh, has has come out in some of the later research is that uh, apparently it's not having a high IQ that is the key, uh, the key to our lives, especially if our lives are so filled with relationships, is to have high EQ, emotional intelligence. Now, let's go to this date. This is this, this uh, BYU student explaining really the worst date of her life. We're only gonna go for about a minute, but notice if you can pick out where this guy might lack some emotional intelligence. It's
9: like, oh, you're about to take a test. And I was like, yeah. And then he was, oh, well, you're gonna fail what? And I thought he was just kind of being funny cutesy. I was like, oh, ha ha, no, I've I've studied hard. And he was like, no, you're going to fail. You're going to do awful. And like, he just didn't stop. That's interesting. He's not lightening up. And then he ended up saying how when I do really bad, I'm probably going to need someone to comfort me. So I should probably put my number in his phone. Here he is with this debonair look with his phone handed out to me. And I'm like, all right, well... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. So when, when you were hearing the story, did you feel something in your gut like say, run, run away, little girl. Don't go near this guy. She gives him this chance to, to bail it out. And, and what did she say? She had some interesting phrase for that. When I noticed that he didn't lighten up. So emotional intelligence helps us to have the nuances of the people and understand the nuances of what's going on in the mood of the moment. It helps us to make better decisions. For heaven's sakes, if you want to date somebody, you got to know that you shouldn't put them down five times about the test they're about to take. Um, You should know that. Now, it seems like that would be natural, but someone might say, well, I didn't, you know, I don't date a lot. (laughs) Well, okay, but you probably are emotionally what I would call jacked up, which just means you may not be able to read and notice the emotions of others. Do you have people like this in your life? Now, we're going to get into it, and we've got a great expert that's going to kind of walk us through it. Susan Zabriskie is going to come to and and meet with us and talk to us after the break, But here's really some of the keys to emotional intelligence as far as um, the breakdown. To be an emotionally intelligent person, you have to be self-aware, meaning you have to know how you feel about your own emotions. You also have to be able to recognize the emotions in another's face. When he said, you're going to fail that test, I'll guarantee you, this woman showed signs of like, what? Surprise. Like she was taken aback. Whenever um, we do it with Skyboy, he always gasps like, don't you you
4: tell me I'm going to fail a test? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I think I already know that going in. Well, yeah. You yeah. don't study either. I don't study. Um, you think good looks get you passed on your test. Well,
4: they do sometimes. Sometimes it works. Mm-hmm. So
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, so we've got to be able to be self-aware. We also have to be able to manage our emotion. Now, we know Jess here uh, who works on our team. Jessica has a harder time managing her emotion. Isn't that true, Jess?
6: With bicyclists. You got me yeah, there. Yeah,
0: like you're the anti-cyclite.
6: <laughs> yeah, I can't.
0: I don't know why, but but we now have a research that says, it's, yeah. So what we've got to start doing, and I'm sure Susan's going to teach us, how do we, when we start to feel that switch go off or we're going to either go off on somebody or start fighting or flighting or running away, we as emotionally intelligent people, we have the ability as humans that we don't have to fight just because we feel it. We can actually choose a more productive response. That's called emotional intelligence. And then you, what you do is you use your brain, your higher brain to overcome this reactive brain. And that's what Susan's going to talk to us about. So there's that. Then the other thing is you've got to be able to lower other people's emotions. Now, I bet you we can all make each other mad. Like, I always try to make Skyboy mad, but he's so unresponsive that you wonder, (laughs) is he even awake? And then it's so fun to play with you, Um, just teasing him like a little kid. my, but, mom,
4: my mom's listening to the show, and she texted me during the, the break, and she's like, man, they're not letting up on you. Really?
0: Did yeah. she say that? Because she wrote me, you your, too, and said, keep going, Matt. You can never hit him hard enough. You have a nice mother. I, I do have a nice mother. I think mother. my mom would be like, yeah, suck it, too. Get him. <laughs> Get him. Get him. Crush him. Uh, so do I know how to recognize the emotion in others, and can I help actually lower other people's emotions by how I interact with them or raise them, I guess, at some points. And the last but not least, do you know how to get other people enrolled into your emotion? So, by the way, give me a profession that you think is really good at emotional intelligence <whistles> on average.
9: Psychologist.
6: Ooh. Doubt it, but keep going.
9: <laughs> I think
2: the people who work in the care centers take care of you know Alzheimer's
0: patients. It, 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 very well, maybe, huh? Now— What about salespeople?
2: Oh, yes, because you have to basically become instant friends or you'll never get a sale. So we have to
0: build this – what about politicians?
2: Not so much because they kind of get – It's
0: interesting, isn't it? They have a big staff surrounding them and they get – And it probably, in the end, won't even matter what profession you're in. If you have higher emotional intelligence, guess what? You probably have more friends. You have more power with people. As we talked about on yesterday's show, you probably have more influence. You probably have more peace because you're not freaking out and then having to go you know, repair bridges the rest of your life. That's what we're talking about on the show. We're going to take a break. I would love to hear from you. If you have somebody in your life that you're struggling with, that, that needs more emotional intelligence. We'd love to hear your question. Give us a call, and we'll give you tools, ideas, skills, but we want to hear your story. Uh, give us a call, one eight five five chat byu one eight five five chat byu and of course we'll give you books and um, anything else we can do to just... Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Somebody who reminds you of Sheldon. Sheldon from Big Bang Theory is a really good example of somebody that lacks emotional intelligence. Very good. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back after this break on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
8: changed my life.
9: There are a lot of songs that have changed my life. It's
1: a totally brutal question to try and answer.
9: Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Leia Solanga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch the song that changed my life Monday nights at 7.30 on BYUtv.
1: This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. California officials are reporting two officers are injured after a shootout believed to be between ex-LAPD officer Chris Dorner and numerous authorities. It is unclear if Dorner is now in custody or still on the run. President Obama is preparing for the State of the Union address tonight. Many expect the speech to focus on the economy, gun control, and health care reform issues. The president is also going to lay out plans to bring home 34,000 troops within the next year. The hacking group Anonymous is not interested in hearing what President Obama has to say tonight. They have vowed to take down all online streaming sources of tonight's State of the Union address. In financial news, the U.S. posted a $3 billion surprise surplus for the January budget, the first national surplus in over five years. Experts think it's likely due to the increased revenues following the payroll tax cut expiring. In world news, North Korea has once again sparked international condemnation after their own state-run media confirmed the government conducted its third nuclear weapons test today. President Obama called the test highly provocative. The Vatican released a statement today explaining Pope Benedict underwent secret heart surgery about three months ago to replace a pacemaker. The procedure, despite its success, apparently had a lot to do with the Pope's decision to step down. A Syrian regime air base near Aleppo has fallen under rebel control, marking another major military setback for President Bashir Assad. Regime forces have been facing increasingly intensifying attacks as opposition forces continue to gain strength. And the Carnival cruise ship that suffered engine failure off the coast of Mexico is now being towed to an Alabama port. Crew and passengers are struggling with very little power and long lines for food. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Little Aerosmith for you, "Sweet Emotion." Boy, this song, man, brings back the old <laughs> high school days. <laughs> that those guys—they um, brought back some emotion as well. We're talking emotional intelligence. Do you have it? Would you consider yourself a fairly emotionally secure, strong person? Do you recognize your emotion well? Are you fairly self-aware? Do you have self-management skills when it comes to your temper, when it comes to, uh, you know, to life? Are you able to recognize the emotion in others? Are you fairly empathic? These are all signs of emotional intelligence. And today we are getting into it to try to figure out if it's really all it's cut out to be. And so I'd love to hear from you. one chat byu Do you think, would you rather have an emotionally intelligent partner... Or would you rather have just a really intellectually intelligent partner, one who just knows all the answers to Jeopardy? Or would you rather have one that gets your emotions, your feelings, that actually cares? And if so, why? I'd love to hear from you. one chat byu one chat byu And, of course, you'll get a book, a copy of the book, Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships, The Starved Stuff, we call it, um, signed by yours truly. And before we uh, start taking any calls, let's do this. Let's go to our guest. Susan Zabriskie is a certified emotional intelligence consultant and coach. She's a highly engaging facilitator. She's a consultant and executive coach with over 20 years of experience in the learning and development field, she also assists leaders and organizations to develop effective and lasting strategies that improve productivity, climate, and employee engagement. So Susan is going to walk us through emotional intelligence. Susan, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
5: Thank you, Matt. I'm really <laughs> delighted to be here. I'm
0: excited. It, it's good. It's great to have you on, and I really, if, if I have a topic in my life that. uh I love more. It's it's. There's probably not one more than emotional intelligence. Okay. I'm biased towards <laughs> it. It's,
5: well, that makes two of us.
0: That's good. It's it's a great thing. Now, yes. let's let's kind of get into it because um, I, I wonder. Some people might be just sitting there thinking, "Okay, look, you're either intelligent or you're not." Okay. B- but apparently, there's multiple intelligences, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then one of them is emotional intelligence. Maybe just kind of explain what uh, some of the research says about emotional intelligence. Sure,
5: absolutely. I mean, really, you can define it quite broadly, and you can define it in very um, specific and narrow terms as far as, you know, the exact skills. you have mentioned some of them, self-awareness, empathy, those kinds of yeah. things. Yeah. But, you know, to broadly define it, you're really looking at two main components. Uh, first of all, it's what's going inside on, on inside of us, our intrapersonal, how well we perceive ourselves. Again, the self-awareness piece, how yeah. well we manage our emotions, all those things you mentioned. And, of course, the second is how do we relate to the world around us, interpersonal, our ability to manage those relationships, social interactions, um, but also how do we function under stress and pressure? How do we cope with challenge? How optimistic or resilient are we? That comes in into play as well. So can we keep going in the face of difficulty?
0: It seems like, honestly, it's really a... Um it's kind of the it's the cornucopia of all things it, it, in a way as a as a as a skill set or as an intelligence, it really encompasses the interpersonal the kind of the intrapersonal. it also just kind of deals with your anger, almost your anger or your emotion management um, do, do you get a sense that as you go out and start teaching and are teaching this to businesses do do they care? I mean, do, do they care that all of this is going on? Or is, I mean, would we rather just bring in, or, you know, go make the donuts?
5: Yeah, that's a really good question because I think um, I'm seeing a shift. But you still do find um, a fair amount of organizations who think that emotional intelligence really still falls into that soft skills yeah. category and they don't value it as, as much as um, they should. However, I would say in the last uh, five years, I've really started to see a shift where companies are now calling me, saying, "Hey, we need emotional intelligence because more and more research is pointing to the fact that um, this is the differentiating factor in performance, productivity, the bottom line, really, for an organization. Um, the, the IQ that you mentioned earlier—you know, those we call the threshold skills." Uh-huh your expertise, your experience, your education, and all of these things that get you in the door in company. But those are not the things that set you apart. It's those EQ, competencies, or skills that power you upward.
0: I, I think, I think and, and that's the thing that I guess, it's one thing to go get a client, but then if you... Lack the emotional intelligence to keep it and to understand it and to communicate through it and to not, you know, break down and yell at them. That's mm-hmm. probably how you end up actually retaining a client, isn't it?
5: Yes. It's huge for engagement and for emotional climate, which you also mentioned. Yeah. More and more studies show if you have a positive emotional, emotional culture and you have um, a higher mood, or even if your leaders, if your leaders have higher, better mood, and you're going to have higher engagement, you're going to have more um, motivation in your employees, much greater loyalty, um, and it all leads to the bottom line.
0: Well, and it's, so, and it's teachable, it's learnable, it's not like you're out on an island. I mean, I guess there are, probably are some clinical diagnoses that would make it harder to be emotionally intelligent, but... There, there are things that we can learn. In fact, you, I love the word engagement that you use because mm-hmm. um, I, the, what that means really is that the employees want to be there. They like what they're doing. They're engaged in their day to day work, so they're actually they're 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 there. They're present in their job. They're not just absent minded. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
5: They're fully present. I worked with an organization um, that global. Then I back to organization that – We were looking at why there was low morale, why were there quality issues, you know, productivity issues. And I interviewed 60 people in this company, and one of the team leads, a woman who'd been there 20 years, she was telling me about her manager who had been transferred out of their department and how things had just imploded after his uh, departure because she said we would have given him the shirts off our back. Those were her exact words because he cared about us. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't think leaders and managers um, really understand the power that goes behind um, if they show that they care, what that really truly means for you.
0: I, I love that, and we're having—it's a little harder to hear you. I think uh, it's, it, it sounds like that you fell in uh, um, the fishbowl, but Uh-oh. just stick with us, and then—but um, but I'm going to play a, an audio here. I want you to hear this, um, Susan, because I really feel like— as we um, – we, we've been talking about this this student at a university uh-huh. uh, yeah. that's affiliated with BYU. And, um, but this student was really just a jerk. And we kind of have have come to the conclusion he probably just lacks emotional intelligence. So what I wanted to do was play another segment of, of his date talking okay. about kind of just the awkward encounter of their life. Uh, and um, just listen to it. And as you listen to it, try to peg – What part of emotional intelligence we're missing there? Okay. Hang on.
9: What's your favorite color? Trying to think of something to talk about while they make our milkshakes. He was like, are you seriously going to ask me that question? And looked at me like I was dumb for asking him what his favorite color was. And I was like, well, I don't really know what else to talk about. So he was like, it's blue. And then does this eyebrow raise. And I realize, oh, my gosh, he told me to wear a blue shirt. And I'm like, is that why I'm wearing a blue shirt? And he was like, Yeah, I figured if we were going to be on a date, I might as well be able to look at my favorite color.
0: Okay, Susan. What do you think of that?
9: <laughs> Is this the same guy? Yep, that's the same guy.
5: <laughs> well, wow, the word that came to my mind earlier when I heard that clip was manipulative. Isn't he
0: manipulative? And,
5: uh, yeah, so. And just kind of self,
0: he's just self focused, self, selfish.
5: <laughs> yeah. But, and but. Lacking, definitely lacking in empathy. Yeah. Um,
0: there's so, not going to be an engagement there, is there? If we use the marriage no. engagement, <laughs> it's just uh, probably not. But, it, but it, the thing I, I love not. about this, it's just in a weird way, I guess, emotional intelligence has really taken off in kind of the business world because there's an mm-hmm. obvious kind of business case for it. But where I see it's really valuable just as just as much as in our personal lives, the, this ability to actually attune ourselves and to connect into the emotion of other people. It's it's essential. As a skill set.
5: Definitely. It's essential, absolutely. It's the thing about um, emotional intelligence in personal relationships is, you know, if you have two people, for example, in a relationship who come together and they're both functioning at that, have a really solid foundational level of emotional intelligence within themselves, I mean, that really is going to grease the wheels of a successful partnership. Because if I have healthy self regard, If I'm, you know, strongly self-aware, if I have resilience, if I'm flexible in my thinking, um, all of these things, you know, I'm a healthy, healthily assertive, I'm healthily independent. There's so many different factors that come into play. Um, You know, we're already starting down the road. That starting line is much further down the road. Yeah. And it's like you're less fettered with those emotional issues and conflict and Blame, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things that can come into play when emotions start to get the better of us.
0: I think it's a it's a huge deal. What I'd love to do, I, let's take a break and come back, and and I'd love you to get into a little bit about the emotional side of our brain because okay. I, I don't think we fully get. I, I mean, we have some control over emotions, but a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on under the you know under the yep. iceberg, so to say. Yep. Under the waterline.
5: Under the hood. That's yeah,
0: I mean. under the hood's a great way to put it. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about that, and we're talking to Susan Zabriskie about emotional intelligence. Again, if you're out there and you have a partner that you're struggling with or a boss or a co um, that's that, you know, is starting to really take off and, and, and make your emotional um, – Strength weakened. If they're starting to wear you down, if you don't seem like you can take it anymore, give us a call one eight five five CHAT BYU one eight five five CHAT BYU, and uh, we'll get your call on the air, and we'll give you a book as well. We are going to take a break. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM one forty three BYU Radio.
7: How small can you make a satellite? And what can you do with it once you've built it? Call home, obviously.
8: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
7: NASA's Space Technology Program stimulates creative new thinking in the application of advanced tech that's as useful in space as it is on Earth. So here's an idea. It's often claimed we flew men to the moon with computers less powerful than what's inside today's smartphones. So can a smartphone fly in space? Only one way to find out. Nanosats are really tiny satellites, a cube only four inches on a side. They're about the size of a decent cup of coffee. The Phonesat mission built three prototypes very quickly, with a budget of only $3,500 each. They kept costs down by using off-the-shelf smartphones as the guts of the tiny orbiters. Nanosat 1 has a simple job of taking pictures and texting back messages about the onboard conditions. Nanosats 2 and 3 step up their game by adding solar panels, GPS, and electromagnetic stabilization to keep their cameras pointed straight. Popular Science awarded Nanosat the 2012 Best of What's New Award. Future fleets of nanosats might combine to study the sun or explore other worlds while phoning home their findings. I better take that. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
8: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
3: For updates on the shows, sports,
1: and the rest of BYU Radio's material, like us on Facebook. Then, let us know what you think of the program you're listening to. Give us feedback, ask questions, and connect with other BYU Radio listeners. Just search BYU Radio on Facebook and click like. BYU Radio, talk about good.
0: Welcome back, everybody. To the Matt Townsend show that 's Lisa Lisa lost in emotion aren 't we all just a little bit lost in emotion? We are talking about emotional intelligence and it's so easy to just have maybe a partner that uh, you might think of them ha- as having a temper maybe they they just avoid all conflict at all costs the minute there's emotion maybe you, you might see him explode really fast or kind of disappear really fast. All signs maybe of um, some emotional intelligence issues we 're joined by Susan Zabrisky, who has a master 's degree and is a certified emotional intelligence consultant and coach she 's walking us through some of the ideas the skills behind having improved emotional intelligence. Uh, Susan, welcome back to the program Thank you and as we do uh, as we get into this, I guess one of the keys and and this is all, a lot of this comes. I mean, the initial book. There's been a lot of research on this for years, but uh, Daniel Goleman in his book Emotional Intelligence kind of made this famous, re- you know, what, right. 20 years ago. Um, but part of, I guess, what is part of this is our our mind. We kind of have a mind of our own, and and it it's pretty prone to some reactivity, right? And some maybe some survival reactions.
5: Yes. So absolutely. explain
0: that for us.
5: Yeah. Well, we've got two brains essentially. We have our thinking brain and we have our feeling brain, or emotional brain. And our emotional brain, technically, it's called the limbic system. But there's several structures in there. But one you probably heard of. Daniel Goleman talks a lot about this. Is the amygdala? Yeah. Yeah. The amygdala is the uh, fight or flight center, or part of the fight or flight center. I mean, the limbic system altogether is part of that fight or flight, that most primitive part of our brain. But the amygdala, they're, they're actually two little almond-shaped structures that sit deep in the center of our brain, and amygdala is actually Latin for almond, and so that's where hmm. they get their name. Right, a little trivia.
0: That's really good. <laughs> Chocolate-colored but, um, amygdala.
5: <laughs> there you go. So, but the purpose of the amygdala is it's where all of our emotional memories sit. They're all stored in there. And so its function is to sit in our brain and act like this psychological sentinel, that scans everything that we're experiencing, and it's assessing or judging if what we're currently experiencing um, based on past experience is going to be helpful, hurtful, scary, painful, pleasurable, you know. Yeah. It's how we judge and, and is, are able to make decisions, in essence, about all aspects of our life. And, and it, it expedites
0: and it, 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 right? So it makes it so you don't have to... <laughs> Rethink of everything every second yeah. of your life. You're just you just have these reactions.
5: Exactly. I've made done studies of people who've had wiring cut to their amygdalas. They function normally cognitively, but they cannot even make a decision about even when to go to the doctor, for example, because hmm. they lose the frame of reference. So, so your amygdala, your your limbic system is really your guidance part of your brain. It gives you that frame of reference by which you can assess. The problem with the amygdala is it's very um, highly, highly primed. It's very sloppy, if you will, because yeah. it's looking for a match. And if it senses a match in a past experience that maybe was traumatic for us or, um, you know, maybe there was abuse involved or even if we felt psychologically threatened or had a bad experience, it's going to sound the alarm. It's like the 911 in our brain. Right. Yeah. And, and it can't discern
0: really are... well. I mean, it, it, it's exactly. just trying to get close enough, right?
5: Exactly, it is. It's very protective. That's why our brains are highly, highly protective of us. So that's why sometimes we can seem to overreact or we have reactions, emotional reactions, that we don't know where they come from. Or maybe we're, you know, prone to temper and we're continuously triggered or easily threatened by a variety of things. Um, our amygdala is just are super, super sensitive and maybe there are issues that we, you know, need to yeah.
0: deal with. Which isn't a big deal, I guess, if, you know, if you're standing there and a mountain lion approaches you,
5: mm-hmm.
0: you probably ought to embrace your amygdala.
5: Exactly.
0: But if you're standing there and it's your wife and she's like, hey, do I look fat in this? You probably ought not be letting your amygdala run the show now. There you go. But yeah, but I guess it's as part of it. But yes. then you get, you get caught up, right? Because the emotion starts to take you over.
5: Yes, yes. You could, and, and the thing about that, when you have an emotional or amygdala hijacking, you know, your brain, brain is flooded with all kinds of chemicals. It sends all kinds of, you know, signals out to your body to prime you, right? It's either the fight or the flight. And if you're prone to fight, you're going to clam up or you're going to run away. If you're prone to fight, you're going to argue or get angry mm-hmm. or, you know, get in someone's face. Um, so emotional intelligence is really about tempering that response. And learning to use the thinking brain to manage that emotional brain, um, to give more of a thought process to the emotional
10: response.
0: Well, yeah. What would I mean? Isn't that interesting? I guess that's why they're calling it an intelligence. It's kind of something that you um, you're going to use your higher cognitive abilities to temper to to tone down the reactive side of us, yes. and and maybe for the first time start actually making a choice of how you're going to respond instead of just doing it naturally. Yes. That's
5: huge. You know, that's why it's easy to talk about emotional intelligence. Yeah. And people find it fascinating. But to really develop it, and you'll hear, oh, yeah, you can develop EQ, unlike IQ. But what they don't tell you is that it requires a lot of effort and time and energy. And you really have to assess it first to get a baseline to know even...
0: Yes, yeah, so you have something to test it again. Like, are we improving? Right. Or talk, mm-hmm. talk about a little bit how we start to improve it. What are some things that we should be doing, looking for, that might be the beginning of improving the emotional intelligence?
5: Well, to do it, there's. I mean, you can formally assess your emotional intelligence. That's one thing. And the assessment that I use an assessment called the EQI 2.0. Yeah. Oh. And that's the one I use, and I coach people on. It assesses 15 competencies, and we've talked about some already today. You know, that's the formal assessment, which obviously would be ideal. Um, if you aren't going to assess, or you're not able to assess, then then basically you want to start really building your self-awareness, because that's foundationally what you want to start with. Right. And and the, one of the keys to that is to start to think about emotions as simply data, just information, not get all caught up in them, to let them play out in you, in essence, dispassionately, and to become an observer and a data collector on what your emotional experience is.
0: So let's let's run through that. So I'm a housewife at home, and my husband said something. He said, Look, if I'm such a jerk, just divorce me. And that mm-hmm. and so he brought up the word divorce for the first time mm-hmm. that jerk cuz I've never brought that word up. And so he obviously wants a divorce cuz who would say it if they didn't want it? <laughs> and they start going off, right? So you're okay. saying though we yeah. need to figure out a way that that the husband or whatever saying, look, if I'm such a jerk, just divorce me. That you're saying that's just data. That's not a yeah, fact. Well, I mean, it's a fact that he said it, but it's we need to kind of be dispassionate about such a phrase.
5: Easier said than done. So this is this is really kind of a fuller explanation because I'm going to step back just yeah. a couple of steps here. Because really, all negative emotion, and we tend when we have negative emotion to blame someone else, right? Right. Feeling. I call these the externals. So I'm going to blame you when this scenario you said and she's gonna blame him because he said that word or we might blame our circumstance or our situation or our mother exactly our past whatever it is but in reality our negative emotion it doesn't come from someone else or an external source now they can be the trigger for sure right but where the emotion actually comes from is within us it's something that we value strongly that's being threatened. So Mm -hmm. it goes back to that psychological or that threatening, you know, aspect, right. But something that we value or something that we really need, that's being unmet. Um, and so if we can connect our emotion to that, instead of the blaming, then we take ownership for it. And it becomes something that, that we say it's in me.
0: Well, and it sounds anger
5: at you is in me.
0: (laughs) It's exactly, it sounds more empowering Instead of, instead of giving someone else the power to make me angry, right. it sounds more empowering in a way to sit there and, and kind of step aside from my emotion and notice that it's, it's an amygdala response to this data set, this, this, these ideas that were thrown out there, the words that were said, and, um, and it's telling me something about me, and yet I don't have to respond by going berserk. <laughs>
5: Exactly. I'm going to own it. I'm going to take responsibility for it. And sometimes that's hard because we might blame ourselves for mm-hmm. doing the way we do. So you've got to really remove blame. That's really key. And when I say, um, you know, I see it as data, that it's just objective information. I think if we look at it, emotion more as just information. Right. And if I connect it to what I need. Mean, so in that situation, you know, for her to hear that word, that's going to trigger in her I mean, she's the value of security, right? Yeah.
0: How am I going to pay for the kids? I can't raise these kids. Absolutely. I don't even have a job. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, Ability. but this is all kind of going on subconscious to you, isn't it? It's it not is. even in your it cogni. it's not in your front of your mind. It's, in the, <laughs> it's deeply embedded in these little almond niblets <laughs> in the middle of your brain.
5: Right. So, what I do with people is I use lists of emotions and I use lists of values that they can look at when I coach people. We talk about triggering events or experiences. hmm. So I have them first identify how they're feeling because that's another key is to have a real clear-cut sense of um, delineating more specifically the actual emotion itself. I can say I'm angry, yeah. but maybe I'm really embarrassed, uh-huh. you know? So that's, the, I mean, all emotion has, each emotion has its own flavor and energy. So you want to first be able to have a good working vocabulary and literacy around emotions and then identify them. But then we work with the values or needs list to help people identify what is it really that I am needing over here when I felt this emotion. That is very powerful for people, and it takes them literally seconds, if not a few minutes, because it resonates as soon as they see it. Yeah, they know it. They know it. If, if I'm someone who really values on needs acceptance, for example, and something happens that, that's threatened, or I feel but I wasn't accepted. I'm going to react and the stronger I have that hold that value, the stronger my reaction will be. Right. But that's where we can have conflict because if you don't really care about being accepted, you're not going to really recognize that in me or right. you know you might you might like this guy in the clip. Yeah. You know, you're insensitive, you don't and that's where empathy comes
0: into play. That's I, why empathy is so important. I love it um, because we then we, that's also where we end up. I call it the smoke. That's where we end up fighting about the thing that's not the real thing. Yeah. So instead of getting down to the value that you're talking about, like I want to feel accepted yeah. and safe, we end up mm-hmm. fighting about what word I said. Exactly. And then I throw it out there. Oh, well, you said this last week. Don't tell me. I was not the first person. And then you're in this silly fight, and it's all going mm-hmm. in the subconscious. Ooh, I love it. Love it. Okay, we've got to take a break. We're talking to Susan Zabriskie, uh, who has a master's degree as a certified emotional intelligence consultant and coach. If you have questions for Susan, give us a call, and we would, uh, we'll would we we'll ha- let uh, her give us you some skills, some tools. The number here, one chat byu 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Would love to talk to you and get your calls. Again, anybody that calls in will get a free copy of my book, Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships, The Starved Stuff. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
8: KBYU FM, HD2 Provo.
1: With so much information flying at you every day, how do you know what stories are talkworthy? Join Kim Stilson and her guests to help you keep up on the world around you. Tune in for Talkworthy Monday and Friday at 4 Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
8: Sometimes it's just better to take things slow. So relax and enjoy the in-depth interview. Join Dean Duncan weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Keep your conversations up to date and be ready to talk about the stories everyone will want to hear. Find out what's trending by listening to Talkworthy, Monday and
3: Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
1: This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Two police officers have been injured in a San Bernardino area shootout with fugitive ex-LAPD officer Chris Dorner. Sources say he is still not in custody and may be holed up in a mountain cabin. The State of the Union addresses tonight, and President Barack Obama is expected to talk about the economy, gun control, and health care reform. He has also revealed that he will lay out plans to bring home 34,000 troops within the next year. Not everyone is excited for the address. The hacking group Anonymous has vowed to take down all online streaming sources of tonight's State of the Union address. The group claims the president's efforts to regulate the Internet are unconstitutional. In financial news, the U.S. posted a $3 billion surprise surplus for the January budget, the first national surplus in over five years. Experts think it's likely due to increased revenues following the payroll tax cut expiring. In world news, North Korea has once again sparked international condemnation after their own state-run media confirmed the government conducted its third nuclear weapons test today. President Obama says the test undermines regional security. The Vatican released a statement today explaining Pope Benedict underwent secret heart surgery about three months ago to replace a pacemaker. The procedure, despite its success, apparently had a lot to do with the Pope's decision to step down. Syrian rebels have taken control of a key airbase near the city of Aleppo, dealing another major military blow to regime President Bashir Assad. Assad's forces have been facing increasingly intensifying opposition attacks. And the Carnival cruise ship that suffered engine failure off the coast of Mexico is now being towed to an Alabama port. Crew and passengers are struggling with very little power and worsening sewage conditions. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show A little Bee Gees action for you Man, that's where I learned my emotional intelligence (laughs) It was being raised (laughs) by my mom and three sisters Where they forced me to listen to the Bee Gees and uh, slowly it broke me down and turned me into the man that I am. We're talking emotional intelligence. That's this gift of the ability to manage your, you know, some of your reactivity, to be aware of your feelings and your emotions, to be able to recognize the emotions and feelings of others, to have some skills and some tools to lower those emotions. We are talking with Susan Zabriskie, who uh, has a master's degree as a certified emotional intelligence consultant and coach. She works with um, organizations across the country, Helping them to build healthier climates and productivity with their employees and, and increase employee engagement. And uh, so, welcome back, Susan. Thank you. Hey, guess what? We have we have a caller on the line that's got a question oh, awesome. for you. And okay. it's a uh, let's uh, let's bring her on. Her name is Deanne. She's from Missouri. Deanne, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
5: Thank you. How
0: are you? Good. So you here? You sit in Missouri, uh, trying to figure out your husband as we talk about emotional intelligence.
5: Yeah, he was raised in a family with a lot of brothers, and oh they were just not a very emotional family. They are really matter-of-fact Yeah. And now he's left with two daughters and myself at home <laughs> because, um, because my sons are out of the house now, and sometimes it's hard for him to deal with all the emotions. Oh, I bet. Um, mm-hmm. and, or even yep. to maybe read the emotions. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I can tell he struggles with this, but I, I bet if I asked him, you know, if he had problem with emotional intelligence, he probably would say that he didn't. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course not. Usually, they're the last so, one to know.
5: <laughs> so, how could I help him, even though he may not admit it? You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: totally. That's a great sure. question, Deanne. Hang on the phone for us um, in case Susan has anything else for you. Susan, what do you think? How do you? I mean, first of all, too, do you, is there a difference? Do you see between men and women?
5: Oh yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when she started talking was male brain, male brain versus female brain, and. I don't want to stereotype anybody, but there are basic biological differences between yeah. the male and female brain, and um, one being that women have a lot more wiring to our emotional center, and men have a lot more wiring to the prefrontal cortex where they analyze, think, and and so the other big, big difference, and this we people find quite shocking, is that women process language in six to seven language centers in across both hemispheres. Wow. Guess how many men have, how many language processing centers?
0: 0.38. <laughs> one. One, is it just one?
5: <laughs> one, wow. maybe two. But it's only in the left hemisphere. And so this is why men in particular, their brains can get quite stressed quickly when women talk a lot. And the emotional aspect for them, they don't make those emotional connections readily, as readily as women. For, for women, it's very natural.
0: Yeah, isn't and that interesting?
10: So, yeah, for that.
0: So here's this dad so, who yeah. maybe had mm-hmm. some boys at home that, mm-hmm. you know, and now all of a sudden it's super emotional or not even super, it's just more charged with a lot more conversation, a lot of feelings about stuff yeah. that he didn't mm-hmm. never and had to yeah. discuss.
5: Mm-hmm. And he might label it as quote unquote emotional, yeah. but in reality, it's just like you say, it's more um, just a discussion, you know, yeah. centers more around emotional content. I think with men in particular who struggle with empathy, and I do a lot of empathy coaching, um, and my own husband and I have worked a lot on this as well, is to preface with your husband before you share something with him where you want him to really tune in and be empathic, because yeah. that's what you're looking for.
0: Like, don't and, don't leave it and, open to like, hey, can we talk? Right. Because that, like, a man sits there and thinks, oh, sure, yeah. That's what I want to That's, do.
5: Yeah. After a but, while, the brain's going to shut down. Yeah.
0: My wife always gives me a time limit. Hey, can we, I, can I just have your attention for like five mm-hmm. minutes till we solve this thing?
5: Mm-hmm. And I think to model for him, empathy is important too, because I think as women, because it comes so natural to us, we assume that we're going to find that in our partner, who's, you know, our life partner, this person we love dearly and yeah. we're very connected to, but it, you're talking about some major differences in the, in the brain, and, and, um, too, I think, depending on what men do for, um, professionally. Yeah. Men who are engineers or in higher technical fields
0: like a doctor or a they, lawyer. Yeah. I mean, not a lawyer, but just a doctor, somebody that's in a highly technical field
5: mm-hmm. would be their harder. Intelligence, um, can be, not always, but can be down yeah. their score just a little bit. So, um, Modeling for them what it is that you need when you want them to listen, you know, and, and that you don't want them to solve the problem, right?
10: Right, it's right.
5: Classic male, female. Um, and I think use less words is important I, and be more succinct.
0: I love that. Let's, let's bring Deanne back up and see. Deanne, did you hear all that? I did. What do you, yes. uh, you just need to use fewer words. Yeah. <laughs> hey, from a man to a woman, all I would do, i just go touch him. That usually uh-huh. shuts him right down. Then he doesn't know what to do. His, his circuitry over, you know, it overworks, and then he just goes to bed. Right. <laughs> I, I think, uh, did, did that help, Deanne? That did. That was great, yeah. I appreciate it. Now, you will you stay on the line? Because I wanted to send you a book. Okay, thank you. You're the best. Thank you so much. Good luck thank in you, Missouri, Deanne. Deanne, with your uh, man and your daughters and you. Uh, it really, it's a big deal, isn't it, um S- Susan, when you think about this, I mean, because we we so equate, like, if you loved me, you would obviously want to be empathic with me.
5: (laughs) Yeah, if only that were true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I know. That's what's so funny is that, uh, yeah, I guess I would, but I don't have a clue what you mean. It's It's a hard thing, isn't it? Because we have a lot of expectations around this.
5: And and the other thing I find, particularly with men, like I said, I do a lot of coaching with empathy, particularly with leaders. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot of misconceptions about what empathy really is and what it isn't. And, and one of the biggest is if, if I'm empathic with you, it means that I agree with you. Right. Or that I, I validate and, you know, I buy into what you're saying. And so I can't do that. I can't show you empathy because I don't agree with you. But in reality, empathy doesn't require that. It's just being present. Yeah. And just creating a space for someone to lay on the table, in essence, how they feel. And it goes back to the needs and the values. If you can like with Deanne, if she her and her husband and anyone can get to the point where you just create that space, it can take patience and self discipline mm-hmm. to allow, you know, someone to lay what how they feel on the table. But also then lay what you need, lay your value. And yeah. then together you can create a strategy to meet that
0: need. Get down to the deeper, like the, the deeper value underneath it that's right. that's where I guess one of the things that would help, whether it's a male or female, but if you're if you're in a conversation with another person where um, you know, you're doing a good job of holding back your emotion, you're not trying to fix it, you're not shutting them down. But but I guess too, what would be helpful is is if we are very specific, like you're saying, about what our needs are. Like mm-hmm. So, so it's not just emotion where I now have to sort through emotion, and I don't quite know where we're going with this. But it's almost like, yes. when when this happens, I feel this way, and and it, exactly. and and then this is the value I feel like that gets violated. And what I'd love to mm-hmm. see is maybe more of this. I mean, if yep, you could no, lay it out like mm-hmm. that, that would be really mm-hmm. nice for us, right?
5: It it can be transformative, and seriously, I I've worked with couples, and I work with organizations. I've I had one company, uh, their executive team tell me, we. I teach this, it's a process, it's called Profitable Dialogue, hmm. and um, I had one of the vice presidents turn to one of his peers and said, do you imagine how much money we would save if we implemented this in a oh, conversation?
2: Totally.
10: It
5: is, it's transformative, and so it, it's, it's something that, the beauty of it is you can start it right away, and, and, and that's all about bringing empathy into the equation. Um, but you can do it in baby steps, yeah. you know. And you can't and be faked, right?
0: I mean, you, if you just start using a bunch of sentences on me, you, you really have to kind of care. Yes. You know what I mean? So so it's I guess part of emotional intelligence is that you're open enough to not just take the bait of what was said, the data, but you're able to look uh-huh. down to the deeper value issue. And then actually, you don't have to agree, but you can care that, man, it sounds like my wife's really frustrated with me dropping the divorce word (laughs) tell me more about that and we get into that and i can explore her fears and her concerns and
5: right it's powerful feeling vulnerable it is it's very powerful because you start relating and dealing on that level the blame goes out the window and then you can it's very connected this is like the magic bullet empathy is is the magic bullet really right relationships in many, many ways. And then you can say, okay, well, what can we do then to help you feel less vulnerable? Or what can we do to help you feel like you're included and you're more accepted? And and guess what happens after that? Then as you start to work on the strategies to meet those needs and align with those values, you become less triggered.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, and and you, you got to feel reacting. better about yourself too, because you, in a weird way, you have more discipline. I guess you have more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, now you're not embarrassing yourself every five minutes by saying something stupid, or and then having to go clear it. Sorry, I yelled at you about the D yes. word,
5: or, or be completely confused as to why you got the response that you did. Uh-huh. So it it builds huge amounts of self awareness, um, too. You know, within yourself and. To understand, you know, where your spouse or your significant other is coming from. Yeah, I mean, well, I've done this work with teams and organizations where they start talking about what it is they value and they really need, and um, it it really has huge benefits.
0: Well, you you can see that if I mean, how many meetings in a business situation or setting have completely gone sideways because one person in the room reacts like the power mm-hmm. position reacts, and then everyone reacts to his reaction. And now everyone's totally off kilter, and nobody even actually knows why. <laughs> We're just all that, reacting to our amygdala.
5: Yep. And that, Matt, goes back to the other um, actual aspect of the brain that I wanted to um, touch on. Yeah. That's really key to remember, in addition to the, the whole amygdala thing, is that the brain, the limbic system itself, is an open loop. So, you know, it, it's unlike our circulatory systems or our digestive systems, which are closed within our bodies. Our limbic system is open, so my emotions affect yours and
0: your emotions. Interesting.
5: Yours. Yeah. See my, my circulatory system does not affect
0: yours. No. Your no. You. no. But no, but that's holy cow, because that's that's crazy. That's why um you walk in your house and one person's in a bad mood. Yep. And it ruins the entire night for everybody. Yep. Yep. And and we might not even know exactly. why they're in a bad mood. Then then our, we just start making assumptions. <laughs> well, it's just dad being dad ruining another mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. But that open yep. loop, everyone starts going off unless we start to question it, right, and, and kind of control it a little bit. Notice it.
5: Exactly. So it can create this what we call an emotional soup where everybody's transmitting their open loop signals into yeah. this, you know, same space. And whoever the alpha player is, though, the mom, the dad, whoever that prominent loudest person or, you know, the yeah. leader, whoever, they're going to add the starting of seasoning to that soup based oh, on wow. what they're, yeah, portraying. And so that's why negative emotions can affect, I mean, spread like a virus. But the positive emotion is actually more powerful.
0: Interesting. Um, like, so if you, could, if you could just notice, and this is, I guess, part of the intelligence of it, if you could mm-hmm. notice we're starting to spread the disease of negativity, <laughs> um, just the mere fact you're aware of it yeah. gives you a huge advantage.
5: It does. It really, really does. Just the awareness of this one thing about our brains But you know we're that way by design because it is part of our survival mechanism, and that's why how we can be emotionally intimate and connected with each other. Yeah, that's how we have empathy. That's why we can soothe each other. So it's it's for a good purpose.
0: Yeah, isn't because I mean think of that. We and we so overlook it, don't we? Like like we're so strong and we're so independent. Well, not really, because the minute you walk into a house where you know there's tension, Mm -hmm. how how come you you all of a sudden start acting like a four year old? I mean, but really, if we're so strong and powerful, we, we ought to be able to have some skills to actually manage that emotional state in us and in others. Yeah,
5: that's
0: what emotional intelligence is all about. Oh, wow, Susan. Yep. I love this. <laughs> this is my favorite topic on earth. I told you that now.
10: Hmm.
5: Well, it's, it's mine too. I, I haven't thought
0: of the open loop system because it's so contagious. Hmm, I like it. Yes, it we, we have about one more minute, Susan. So if, if what's the one thing, you know, if, if you could leave us with one thing about emotional intelligence that would really make the biggest difference, what's the one thing that you think does the most?
5: I would say to really work on developing your self-awareness, to really start connecting your emotional reactions to what you're needing and what you value, to watch yourself. You know, Freud said self-awareness is like this evenly hovering attention that's standing right next to us just watching. Yeah. So as we... as we, And that's about the part of, you know, collecting the data and just watch how we respond internally and don't judge and watch how others, you know, uh, respond and, and just dispassionately collect that data to, to start to get to know what your triggers are and what it is you need and then practice... Um, Communicating that, expressing that in a non-judgmental, um, you know, wholehearted yeah. way that's genuine, um, and then allow your your partner to do the same. That's really key.
0: And you don't that's have to be perfect to be at this either, do you? You just no one little success mm-hmm. goes a very long way because it it kind of trains your brain that this isn't a life or death situation. This is something that's you can transcend.
5: Yes. Mm-hmm, just little by little, and again, you're you're literally laying down new neurological pathways in your brain, so that's why, yes, you can develop your EQ, but it does take effort and time. Yeah. And so, um, you know, again, if you can assess it, is that's the best, because then you can get that absolute quantitative data, and you say, oh yeah, I really need to work on my impulse control, I need to work on my independence, or my assertiveness, or, you know, my empathy, or um, my self-regard, whatever it is. Yeah. Um because all of those things are so interrelated and so dynamic.
0: It's... I love it. Man, you did it, Susan. Great stuff. Um, it, now, Susan, where can they reach you if they want more information about you and what you do? Is there a, is there a, a website or an email? Uh
5: huh. Yep. They can email me um, at susan at hptworks.com. And I know that's a mouthful, but it stands for Human Performance humanperformancetechnologyworks.com. Great. It's just hptworks.com, and that's my uh, website as well. It's just
0: um, HPT w- works.
5: W dot hptworks.com.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Susan Zabriskie, so appreciate you. We're going to have you back on. I'd love to probably have you dive in deeper into empathy and other things like that. So you bet. We're going to grab you again have you back, and uh, thank you so much for teaching us thank a little you. bit more about social intelligence.
5: Oh, it's been my pleasure.
0: Take care. You too. Good stuff. So appreciate her. I mean, really, there's so much hope. You don't have to just chase each other down that crazy rabbit hole of life. Now we can start choosing to uh, take our lives to the next level. We're going to come back, wrap up the show, uh, the Matt Townsend Show, and uh, I think we just have a little uh, talk with Bryce, you know, Bryce who's been struggling himself with um, emotional intelligence. We'll be back with the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
7: On a chemical level, we're all left-handed. A new instrument in development might prove we live in a left-handed universe.
8: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
7: So what's this about everybody being left-handed? Well, it's not about handwriting, but about organic chemistry and the search for life on other planets. You and maybe part of that hamburger you're eating are made up of proteins. The various proteins, in turn, are built from smaller substances called amino acids. There are 20 different kinds, and if you look at one on an atomic level, they have a sort of polarity called chirality. Aminos come in left-handed and right-handed chiralities. But on Earth, all living things we know of use only left-handed amino acids. And so far, samples of amino acids from comets and meteoroids also are all lefties. Stephanie Getty at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center won Innovator of the Year and a $1.2 million grant to develop a miniaturized instrument that can fly to icy moons and worlds and use liquid chromatography to see if this precursor for life exists out there, away from Earth contaminants. Was Earth life seeded with left-handed aminos from early comet impacts? When perfected, Getty's device may help answer this question and more. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
8: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up our discussion on emotional intelligence. Who better to... uh, to, to try to now uh, have an intervention with than our own Bryce Tobin. Bryce, you struggle with a little emotional intelligence? Well, it depends on the emotion.
3: I have a feeling. Positive emotion. I have a feeling, have a feeling that's the you're skewing towards
0: positive emotions. Yeah, you're really good on the other ones. The negative ones, I got those down. You're nailing them. Hey, uh, let's do this. You put this together and you've got a little rant for us.
3: I most certainly do. Let's I think just see. I, okay. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce Is Right. I feel like we're losing what little emotional intelligence we've had as a society, and I blame technology. But it's not because we're interacting too much with gadgets and not enough with people. That dead horse has been beaten enough already, and I don't care to join in. I think it's because we're prone to anthropomorphizing. We attribute qualities that humans have to things that in no way have any of those qualities. In our culture, we do this a lot with animals. For example, have you ever heard someone say that their cat hates them? Just so you know, most cats are too dumb to hate. Think about it. Hate is a complicated emotion. You have to understand the person's intentions. You have to plan to dislike them in the future. And that takes a lot of brain power that, frankly, cats don't have. Reality is, your cat probably nothings you. You don't threaten it, you don't give it food. It's probably rather ambivalent towards you, which takes way less brain power. But think about it, how often have you heard someone in the office yell my computer hates me! Or my phone refuses to work! As they proceed to hit it or slam something against it. Okay, first off, the only thing that's working inside your technology is the electrons as they move from place to place. And trust me, they don't care one way or another about you or anyone else. They either move along where they're supposed to and then things work, or something's malfunctioning or broken, then they don't travel anywhere at all, and nothing happens at all. Yeah, yeah, I know you lost GPS signal only a few miles from the place that you were trying to find, or your car wouldn't start in that creepy neighborhood, or the internet died just as you were trying to email something right before the deadline. I know that might seem a little too coincidental, but trust me, that's all it is. And punching a computer won't do anything, or at least it won't do anything helpful. In fact, you're more likely to make the problem worse. But why are you punching your computer? Well, you punch a person because you want to illustrate Illustrate to them in no uncertain terms just how you feel about them. By punching a person, you send a clear message, and for a few days, you leave them with a reminder of how you felt. Then this person's able to internalize this, think about it, mull it over, get a rough idea about how you were feeling and then decide how to act around you in the future. Computers cannot do this. Or another example of this is when you call customer service and you have to talk to a machine for a little bit. You know the ones where you have to give your phone number or credit card number, which are somewhere between 7 and 15 digits, and the machine always waits to the very end to inform you that you did something wrong in the very beginning. You do this dance two or three times, and then you really start to lose your cool. The next time you're prompted for numbers, you say, eight six seven four three. But do you hear what you're doing? All the subtleties in your tone, inflection, emphasis are almost screaming that you've lost your patience. And you want the machine at the other end to know this in an effort to convince it to try just a little bit harder to interpret what you're saying. But like I've said, computers are cold and unfeeling. So what I really mean is, we're not getting any worse with emotional intelligence. We're just attempting to use emotional intelligence on things that have no emotions in the first place. And to add insult to injury, this is becoming a habit. And as things become more human-like, I don't see any signs of this changing.
0: Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Bryce Leonard Tobin. You did it again, my friend.
3: That was really good. I like how you always make my middle name an L, so it's BLT. <laughs> I
0: know. It's my
3: favorite Which, dude. why do you do that at 4... Well, what is it?
0: 4.30 almost? 4.26. 4.26. 4.26. It's 50. Almost dinner time. Don't do that to I us. Know, but you can go get some vittles after this. <laughs> okay. Um, really, I think you're right on. I mean, we... We still have to deal with humans, but we'd all rather deal with technology or something else or, you know,
6: right?
3: And then, I don't know. Do we get lonely? Do we Yeah. Do we long for that connection? And then we start... Then, well, just just yeah. a second ago, Rob was arguing with the computer. He said, don't do this to me when the computer was doing something, <laughs> and he just... Did he not know that the well, computer does I think, what he does? Well, it's all user error. That's what it always is, unfortunately. Oh, you're calling him a user? Well, that's... Computer science is the only one where. That was exists. not
2: a computer error. That was, uh, that was not a human error. there's was a computer error.
3: Rob, you need to
4: accept responsibility. I don't know. Maybe you should just start error. using Macs. That's, That's right. Windows. you got to
0: try a Mac. <laughs> They're making billions on us, even though we don't know how to use it. Um, let's do this really fast. Remember those stories we've been talking about with the girl with the really bad date? I want to show you one where there was a tiny bit of emotional intelligence. See if you can hear it.
9: We're walking up to the mall and there's doors along the way on the sidewalk as you're walking up to the entrance. Well, there's a mattress store. And he opens the door for us to go into this mattress store. And I'm like, that's really weird. So I'd simply ask, oh, what are we doing here? Mattress store, you know? And he is, oh, I don't know. And I walk in and then he lets go of the door behind me. It shuts behind me and he walks off towards the mall. I walk in. He never walked in, just left. Leaves me in the store. There's only two people in the store. It's a newlywed couple. And they're with this older man that's helping them with the mattresses. So I just drop my head, walk up to them, and the girl's like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm on a first date. It's not going well. (laughs) She's like, what's going on? What happened? I'm like, I didn't wear the right color blue, and then I say y'all, and he just... He hates me, and she just feels so bad. She's like, you're so cute. Why is he doing this to you? Like, I don't know. So I end up telling them, like, about the whole date. The old guy is just like, Jiminy Crickets, this is blowing my mind.
0: Jiminy Crickets. Okay, mistake number one, you don't ever walk into a mattress store on your first date. That's just weird. That's a no brainer. She can nail that. But what I loved is, so she goes in there, the guy turns into a jerk again. He lacks emotional intelligence. I think we validated that now on four shows. Um, <laughs> but even more importantly is that girl, the, the other woman, the other one of the women there noticed that she was sad. She recognized her feelings. She picked up feelings. on it. yeah. And then the older man, again, feeling her empathy, feeling empathy for her, feeling her pain throughout the, the age old word, Jiminy Cricket. So folks, that's your job. And that's what your challenge for the show today. We're going to leave you with the challenge to go and serve other people by improving your emotional intelligence. One final quote, Ernest Hemingway said, before you act, listen. Before you react, think. Before you spend, earn. Before you criticize, wait. Before you pray, forgive. And before you quit, try. Before you do anything, let's just start listening, thinking, waiting, forgiving, and trying. That's the goal of the show. Give you the tools to do that. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools, ideas, solutions to help you on your journey called life. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.